Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Forgotten Athlete Podcast with your host, Joseph, from right here, here in the flesh. Um, I guess we can start off with the yesterday. I mean, you know, I mean, this is a sports talk, you know, sports podcast show. Um, this is, you know, where we talk about, you know, um, kind of go over yesterday and just kind of go over the butt whooping, you know, kind of kind of key points I have today, you know, kind of headlines for the day. Um, when Baker is low, he grows, you know. That's Baker Mayfield, you know, when, 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 when people don't believe in him, he achieves. That's what he's been his whole life, you know. We'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Rams. The Rams. The Rams are not legit. They're not. They're not physical enough. They're not tough enough. And they got their ass kicked yesterday, last night, on national TV, on Sunday night. And then we're going to talk about the Raiders. Are they a real factor in the AFC West, you know, um, and just the overall collapse of the Niners. So we got a lot on the menu today, you know, kind of a full course meal. You know, we got the appetizer, we got the dessert, and then we got the dinner, you know. Then we got some, you know, entrees, you know. So we'll take our time with this, you know. Expect a, you know, lengthy podcast, about 20, 30 minutes, and then, you know, just kick back and relax. But Let's just talk about Baker Mayfield first. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Baker freaking Mayfield. When things are low, he grows. That's literally Baker Mayfield. When he is doubted, he rises to the occasion. Now, when you put your faith in him, that's when he stinks it up. But when you don't believe in him, he rises. I mean, if I don't, I, I, I've been trying to think of like the perfect comparison, you know, the, you know, the, a perfect oxymoron for him, but, like, you can't. Like, you just can't. Like, that's just Baker Mayfield. That's just who he is as a player, who he is as a person, you know? Like, I mean, that's just who he is. Like, you, if you look at his history historically, right, he walks on that Oklahoma, right? He gets on the team. No one thinks that a walk-on is going to be a number one overall pick. A walk-on. A freaking walk-on, Right? Nobody, not even walk-ons think that, right? Not even Baker Mayfield thought that, right? And Baker Mayfield has a historical career at Oklahoma, breaks records, takes them to the Big 12 title, wins the Big 12 title, takes them to the national championship, lose to Georgia, but still takes them there, right? And, you know, that that game kind of glorified Baker's career, right? There, I think they were like 10, 14-point underdogs that game, and um, – they that game went to overtime. They they lost on the like a last second touchdown. Um, I think Nick Chubb. I think it was Nick Chubb. I think no, it was either Nick Chubb or Sonny Michelle. One of those two backs they ran in uh, for a touchdown, like a like a twenty yard run. But um, I mean that that game just epitomizes Baker Mayfield's career. He was a big underdog. Nobody thought he was gonna win that game. Nobody thought he did, stood a chance in that game. And that game kind of propelled his his value, his his his, his draft stock, right? So we get over there, right? We, you know, Baker Mayfield joins the 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 Browns, number one overall pick, right? And still nobody, you know, he's number one pick, but you know, mm, you know, eh, eh, eh. like I, we don't we don't really know if Baker Mayfield can do this in the NFL. You know, that was what everyone was thinking, right? Colin Coward's famous for you know saying that he doesn't think that he has the ability to be an NFL starting quarterback, a championship quarterback, which I still don't believe. All right, I still don't believe, but hear me out, right? So Baker Mayfield gets on the field. 
and he has an astonishing rookie, rookie, rookie season. I think he goes like five and two or like four and two, something like that. He he, he goes over five hundred record. So, you know, they run the tables again, right? They have a losing season, like seven and nine, six and ten, something like that. Then they hire Kevin Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski comes in, they make the playoffs, they win a division, and then now we're here, right? Now we're here, right? They're four and four. Coming off a win, I mean, coming off a loss to the Steelers when they should have won. Steelers lost their kicker, right? They were they were at the thirty yard line, third down and ten. Baker Mayfield overthrows Odell, and that kind of was the end of Odell Beckham range. That's that, that's just my opinion, you know. I'll let everybody you know come up with their own thoughts, but this is my opinion. Once that overthrown ball, he almost got. I mean, o- o- Odell has a hurt shoulder, like his shoulders hurt, so he aimed it high, so Odell had to reach up. And then that's extending his shoulders. That's opening up his chest, right, to the to to the safety that's coming in for the collision. And you're kind of setting your man up, right? I mean, that's just my viewpoint of the play. But you know, I I don't think it was ill intent. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, hey, you know, maybe you're sticking a signal. I don't know, right? So back to the back to the Baker. You know, this week, right? I I even said on the podcast, you know, um, a couple of, uh, yesterday, I guess, or, or on Saturday, it got released yesterday, but. I even said, I was like, hey, like, take the Browns, right? The You can't trust Baker Mayfield. But what I did what did I also say? I said I wouldn't trust again just because Baker Mayfield loves to <laughs> prove doubters wrong. That's his whole motto. He, that's been his whole bravado. That's, that's what he is as a person, as a human being, as a football player. He just loves proving people wrong, right? And one of these days, it's going to hurt him. But today, it didn't hurt him. So today we're here praising, not praising, but you know we're we're acknowledging Baker Mayfield as an NFL level quarterback. He, um, you know, only completed I think 16 passes yesterday. I don't know if that's that's in front of my face, but you know he did his thing yesterday. You know he had that 60 yard bomb to uh, Anthony Schwartz, who's a really fast receiver out of Auburn, uh, who I, who I really like, who I think he's going to be able to um, get a lot more um, um, open looks now. Um, you know, uh, with 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 their run working so well, I mean, Nick Chubb is just looking like a freaking monster. Like I, I haven't seen a running back like Nick Chubb in a while. I mean, I've been, I was I, I was trying to think of who he compares himself to, and you know, this is not any type of disrespect, but he kind of compares me to Jamal Lewis for the Ravens back in the day. Like he runs low. Like Jamal Lewis, that was his biggest thing. He was really tall. Height-wise, well, he's not too tall, but he's like 5'10", 5'11". But he ran so stocky. He was a big guy. He ran so stocky. He ran so low that when you try to tackle him or when you try to do an arm tackle, you you would just slide off. It'd be like he has Vaseline on him, right? And that's the same thing with Nick Chubb. I'm watching this guy yesterday, and he's just running through arm tackles, just running through arm tackles, left and right. And especially on that 70-yard touchdown run, I'm just like, God, he's just so good, but... You know, like, he doesn't really get the acknowledgement of being the best running back in the league because he's not really flashy. He doesn't really care about winning. I mean, care about stats too much. He just cares about winning overall. That's all he cares about. He's a winner, right? So, but when you got Nick Chubb behind you as a quarterback, that has to give you the ultimate confidence, right? And, I mean, we saw, you know, Baker Mayfield, you know, not really make mistakes, you know? I mean, it was it was a mistakeless game. He didn't have any turnovers. didn't throw any picks. didn't fumble the ball. Nothing like that, right? It was a perfect game by Baker Mayfield on his part. And I'm still not convinced, right, that they're going to do well. I mean, I did pick them to win the AFC North, but it was mainly on the run game, not more on Baker Mayfield. It was the run game, and they got the really good defense. We saw Denzel Ward. The defense is finally back. Denzel Ward's back healthy. Um, 
They got another secondary. I forget his name. He's back healthy as well. Miles Garrett looking like a defensive player of the year player. You know, I mean, they got Clowney. I mean, this defense is really good. You know, I don't think people realize how historically good this defense is. Like, they have talent everywhere. All right, their line, their linebackers, their safeties, their cornerbacks. They get first-round picks all over the field, right? So, you know, when you put that in perspective, when you when when you put that in mind, you know, when you when you think about that overall from a you know overall landscape, you realize just how good the Browns are without Baker Mayfield, right? When we saw we saw it with you know against the Broncos the other night, the, they they kicked the, they kicked the living heck out of the Broncos the other night with Case Keenum as a quarterback, so. You know, they don't really need Baker, you know, to be, a, you know, a quarterback dropping back, you know, throwing 25, 30 times a game. That's the type of quarterback Odell needs. He needs that attention, right? Baker Mayfield really doesn't need, need, need to do that. So, you know, I mean, with that being said, Baker Mayfield is, you know, just what we thought. You know, he's a guy who comes in, you know, and he just makes you believe when you don't believe in him. Yeah, but, but I... I, I I still not sold. I already know he's gonna have a letdown game coming up in the next couple of weeks, you know. So I've only their schedule, but I'm not even gonna waste too much time talking about them. I've already wasted about five, six minutes talking about them. So let's move on to a, a, a new topic, which I talk, which, which which was the Niners. Um, I mean, we got the Niners, we got the Raiders coming up, and then we got uh, something else coming up that I forgot. I I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the podcast, but I'll I'll think of it uh, beforehand. But Niners, I mean. Where do we start? <laughs> right? Where do we freaking start with the Niners? Where? Right? I mean, is it the coaching? The accountability? Is it the quarterback? Is it the defense? Is it the special teams? Is it the lack of turnover ratio? You know, it's just so many issues with the Niners, you know, and it, it, obviously it starts up top and people are blaming Kyle Shanahan and I think it's deservingly so, you know, I think it really is. And, Kyle Shanahan, you know, had a press conference and at the end of the game. And one of his things that pointed out to me was he was like, we had a great week of practice. I thought we were ready. How do you think your team is ready? How do you think your team is ready for a big game? A game that you got to win to, to keep your playoff hopes alive. You're four and five. Your back is, your back's against the wall. You, you, you have to win. This is a home game, right? This is a home game against Colt McCoy, Right? Vegas doesn't even believe in you guys. They got you guys open up at what three point favorites. Vegas says you guys, you guys will barely win this game by three points. We'll give you guys three points, right? Vegas even said that they didn't believe in you guys. Everyone's doubting you, and you guys shit the bed. Like, I mean, that's just the best way I can put it, right? You guys just straight up just didn't do what you guys were supposed to do, right? And and that's everywhere, you know. Jimmy G first drive, they go they they. They um they they go down the field. George Kittle's fumbles the ball. And listen, here's the thing with turnovers. And and I was listening to Madoff, Haberman. Uh, shout out to those guys. I listened to their podcast, and you know their thing is that turnovers happen, but you have to overcome it. But here's the thing with Kyle Shanahan and just the Niners organization in general. You know, since since I, I, at least since Jay York's been there, they have trouble dealing with adversity, right? And that's that's just been their whole deal breaker. You know, look at look look at look at the the, the comebacks. Have we had a comeback from Kyle Shanahan? You know, that double digits. I don't I don't know. I, I have to, I'm not I'm not a huge Niner fan, but I would remember if if they came back from double digits before, right? With with Kyle Shanahan, I I don't know if I've seen that. You know, so adversity, the ability to overcome adversity is important to being a champion, right? To being someone that is 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 
supposed to be a leader, supposed to be a coach, knowing how to overcome adversity, knowing how to challenge it, knowing how to challenge your players, knowing how to get the best out of your players, right? Right? When it comes to adversity. Then then the next A word, which which is which is my favorite word because it's the word that means the most when it comes to coaching and being a leader. Accountability. Who holds who accountable? Is Josh Norman going to get cut today for what he did? Josh Norman, you are the stupidest person in the NFL for arguing with a coach. Not a player, but a coach. Right? You're not arguing with a player. Right? You know, I can see you going at it with a player, but you're arguing with another coach. Like, think about that. How do you argue with a coach? Right? So, I mean, it's just... Plays like that shouldn't be happening. And then Dre Kirkpatrick, listen, man, like I, I was watching, um, um, oh, dang, I can't think of it. LaShawn McCoy and Tredavious White, um, like famous video that they got when they're talking about, um, um, dang, what's his name? I just watched this, um, uh, Vontae Davis. When they're talking about, about Vontae Davis, um, retiring, and like they're talking the stories, like, guys, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he's like, I'm done. I'm done. And they're like, wait, you're done with after the season? He's like, nah, I'm done. And then they're like, what are you talking about? And he just retires like mid-game, retires at halftime. You know, and, and, and that's what I think people more people need to have. It's 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 not it's not letting your pride get in front of your ego, right? You know, it's not anything like that. It's just having some type of self-accountability, knowing, hey, like it's time for me to hang it up, right? Be accountable for yourself. Right, it's called self accountability. And Jerry Craig Patrick, man, you got truck stick by the fourth string or third string running back on the Cardinals. And Eno Benjamin, he's not a super. I mean, he's not a trash player. I'm not, you know, disrespecting Eno Benjamin. You're a running back, and for running back, you earn your money. You get your money. You get your paper. I'm not hating on you, but you're at the end of the day, you're a third string running back, right? You shouldn't be truck sticking nobody, like you shouldn't be. And then you truck stick a player who, who who's who's a former pro, a Pro Bowler, right? You know, I, I I would bet that he's made a couple of Pro Bowls in his career, right? So when you do that, when you have that, it's just so lackluster and it's so, you know, horrible to watch, right? And then Jimmy G, I mean, what more can you say about, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, he's he's a guy who, 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 can't, who can't play quarterback in the NFL to save his life. I thought that we were going to get a different Jimmy G yesterday. I really did. I mean, we. I saw. I thought we were going to get what we had in Chicago. I know he's from Chicago. He went to school in Illinois. You know, one um, um, of Illinois uh, schools. You know, play football there. You know, he's from Chicago, local boy, right? So he wants to show off for his family and his friends and whatnot. Where's that same mentality when you're at home in the home field that you and your owners play in, pay for every single week? Right, most of the time, I don't get it. Like the fans show out every single week; they're on your side, they're rooting for you guys every single week. Even when you guys are sucking, you know what? You guys win a game. All right, we're gonna show out, sell out crowd. Right? Tickets two, three hundred dollars. Who cares? Because this team, they showed us last week against the Bears that they want this. Right? You guys showed the fans of the stadium, right? Of, Of the of the whole Bay Area. Right, you guys showed even me. I'm not a fan of the Niners. I hate the Niners. Oh, I don't hate them, but you know I don't like the Niners. Right? You showed everyone that you were really into this 
right? You are really going to win this game. And then you guys just wet the bed, right? You guys just show up. Yeah, you, you show up like you're like like you're playing Colt McCoy, but you don't have to play Colt McCoy. It's just the most bizarre thing. And I think it comes from the coaching, right? You got players making simple mistakes, like opening up, you know, when, you know, on a zone coverage, leaving you're I saw I saw one play they're in a cover four and Christian Kirk still gets a I think it was like a 40 yard 45 yard catch in a cover four I don't get how that happens how do you let a receiver get behind a cover four when everyone's behind everybody how does that happen how I really want to know right I really want to know so I mean when you're making mistakes like that that's on the players but it's I think it's primarily on the coaching when you're not, because this is happening week in, week out. It's not like it's not happening every other day. It's not like it happened every other week. It happened last week, but Bears didn't really, you know, take any shots deep, so they really couldn't expose it. It happened the week prior, you know? And it just keeps on happening week in, week out, you know? And if it's not the pass interference, it's blown coverage. So, truthfully, if if I was a you know coach, I would rather you pass interference to a guy than give up a big play. I, I would just rather that happen, right? Would rather you give up a pass, rather you pass interference to someone to give up a give up a long play, right? I would I would rather hear that. Hold a guy down, you know. So I mean, there was just and the I mean, and it just the effort level wasn't there from everybody, you know. From Bosa, Bosa played really hard yesterday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock Bosa because he played really hard yesterday. But you know, from Bosa to Fred Werner, um, to you know Mo- Mobley, to you know to all their good players. Um, Armstead, Armstead was, 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 was getting his ass kicked yesterday. He was getting double teamed a lot. I know that he was getting chipped a lot. I know that on the inside, but he has to play better. He has to play better, right? They gave up so much to keep you. They gave up the forward Buckner. They gave up picks to keep you, right? So, I mean, when, when, when you're, when you're a player who they paid a lot, they invested a lot in. They gave up the, their their best. The Forrest Buckner is having a way better season than Armstead. But let's not go there, right? We're, we're not going to go there. But what I, what I want to say is this. What I want to say is this. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot allow something like this to happen as a, as a coach for the Niners. You're down 14 nothing. Okay, it's the first quarter. You're down 14 nothing. Let's let's drive back down. Let's 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 hop on it. All right, 14 nothing. You got you got the ball. You, um, you know, get to the red zone, and Brennan Ayuk fumbles the ball. All right, he fumbles the ball, right? He fumbles the ball. You're still in the game, though. It's a 14-0 game. You're, your opponent has 92 yards to go for a touchdown, and you're in the game still, right? Get a three and out, force a punt. You get the ball back at the 40. At the, at, at the worst, you get the ball back at the 45, you know, your own 45, which is good field position. You got only 55 yards to go for a touchdown. And then... What happens is you guys don't. The defense, you know, third and 17. Third and 17. Let me go back before because I, I got really good memory. So second and 18, Cardinals run a screenplay. James Cardinal gets it. He's juggling around. He's juggling around. He's trying to get open space. He gains about a yard or two. All right. So it's third and 16. The Cardinals do the same exact play. The, literally the same exact play. I mean, like, you couldn't design it any better. Cliff Kirkbury's like, hey, guys, 
These guys are stupid as hell. Let's just do the same play over again, right? They do the same play. I kid you not. It was the same play. If you if you go back in the film, go look at it, right? Could be difference, you know, in type of you know schemes, but overall it was the same play. It was a different result. The guy got 18 yards, and that's when the game kind of you know like now was like, all right, we're not gonna win this game, and then they kind of just. With the bat after that, right? And then, you know, they made a comeback late in the comeback. They're down 14-31. And then Kyle Shanahan says, all right, we're going to punt the ball. 14-13 at our own 39. We'll punt the ball. I mean, <laughs> if your own coach doesn't believe in you, then how are you guys going to believe in yourself, right? So the Niners are, are, are in trouble. You know, they are definitely a, a team that needs to be, you know, I don't know, man. I mean, I like Kyle Shanahan as a guy. I like him as a person. You know, I think he's a good play caller. I think he's one of the best play callers in the game. I still think that. I I, I just don't think that they have the pieces for Kyle Shanahan. And it's kind of hard to say, you know, but Elijah Mitchell's a good back. Debo Samuel obviously speaks for himself. George Kittle, Ayuk, you know, he's a frustrating guy, but he's a young guy. He's a young guy. First year, second year in the league now. You know, he's a young guy. You know, he's not going to be a superstar second year in the league. And not everybody can be Justin Jefferson, right, Jamar Chase. And even Jamar Chase has his fumbles, you know, has I mean, sorry, has his um, rumbles, right? He he dropped a touchdown yesterday. That was an easy touchdown. I'm talking about Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson drops the ball sometimes too, right? These are young players. They're going to make mistakes. We got to live with that as fans, right? But what I but you, what you can't live with is, is, is mediocre, you know, coaching, you know, and and you're pretty much. I mean, I mean, I mean, Coach Cliff. I mean, kudos to you, man, because you called the game of your career. I think this is one of the best games I've ever seen the Cardinals play. You know, from just football, exodus, not talent. You know, because Kyler Murray throws a lot of jump balls to Hopkins. Throws a lot of you know, he runs the ball around, gets players open a lot. But from a just a schematic standpoint, from you know, just X and O's, getting players open, right spot, right time. Couple Coy, you know, being able to throw throw the ball in there. You know, tight windows and whatnot. You know, even deep balls. This was, I didn't even know Cole McCoy could throw the ball 60 yards still, you know, and he proved that he could. So, Cole McCoy, you just earned yourself another five years in the NFL. So, congratulations to you. Um, and yeah, we're moving on to the next topic, which is the Raiders. And uh, this is something that hits home, you know, obviously, tough week. Um, Derek Carr, tough, tough week for him. I mean, but it's kind of hard to, you know, these, these are, these are, at the end of the day, they're football players, but this is not Madden. These are real men. These are real human beings inside and out the field. So, you know, you got to kind of sympathize, empathize with the players. Um, that's why I didn't, you know, touch this game as far as betting on it because it was so – it was. I mean, you got Gruden. You got Henry Ruggs. You know, it's just so much. And then you got uh, Arnett. And it's just so much going on with the Raiders organization right now that they need something. They they needed, you know, I think they needed a loss, you know, just, just to kind of – Kind of, kind of get them back, you know, you know, let them know, like, hey, like, all right, I mean, hey, it's still football at the end of the day, right? We, we, we still can win, you know, we still, we can still win games, you know. Sometimes you need losses, right? And this is, I think, could be a turning point for the Raiders because we, we've seen before they started out six and two, you know, uh, seven and one, or not seven and one, but seven and two, something like that, right? And then they lose six or the last seven games, you know. So, I mean, I think this is something that the Raiders are going to build from. I think this is the different team than what we've seen years prior. Um, I think that the Raiders have the opportunity to move on from this. It looks like they're bringing in Deshaun Jackson. So they got someone who can stretch the field like Henry Ruggs did. But I mean, this is something that I think the Raiders are going to do really well. in. you know, so I, if you're a Raider fan, listen to this, you know, don't, don't, don't give up just yet. You know, I know it looks bad right now. I know it looks like, you know, this is the same Raider squad from two years ago who, you know, who wins out and then they just lose games, right? 
uh, I I believe in this team. You know, I'm, I'm I mean as a you know not really a homer, but you know as someone who who is a um, who is a um, supporter, um, I think that the Raiders have the ability to um, you know win out, you know, and, and, and make a playoff run. So you know, don't don't give up just yet. You know, don't 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 give up just yet. You know, believe in the team. You know, do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think that the Raiders have the ability to make the playoffs, you know, and let's take a look at the schedule real quick. Cause I think, I think that, I think that's important just so I can kind of, kind of get a glimpse of what we're looking at overall, but you know, just from an overall standpoint of just understanding what's happening. So they have the chiefs next week, Sunday night game. I mean, this game could go both ways. I mean, I could see the chiefs blowing them out, but the chiefs looked awful yesterday, you know? So this could be a game where the, um, um, the Raiders could, could 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 definitely uh, win this game, right? So, I mean, and and we could just take a look at the line right now, just kind of give a glimpse, you know, see if it's even out yet. But um, at least on my book, but yeah. So right now, Raiders are two and a half point underdogs, and you know, this is a game where you know Vegas, you know, is already you're already seeing the Raiders get you know not slammed. So like, people are betting on the Chiefs right now. I think this is a really good value point for the Chiefs if you're in that mindset. But I mean, this is just a tough tough. I mean, because you're asking the Raiders to come back from New York. Um, they're playing a divisional opponent. And, you know, this is just something that – I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This is a tough season for the Raiders. So, you know, it's – it's. I mean, you kind of – kind of. I mean, as a fan, as a fan, just, just you know, just kind of humanize yourself for a second, people, you know. How would you feel, you know – I mean, because cause, cause I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I had something tragic happen to me when I was a – when I was, you know, I, I was a manager. And, or actually, I wasn't a manager. It was, he was just a co-worker. But one of my co-workers, he got charged with attempted murder. And, um, I know, like, I, I saw the guy every day. I mean, I mean, was I as close as Derek Carr and Henry Bucks to him? Like, you know, did, did they, you know, text about golf swings and whatnot? No, but we occasionally texted and whatnot, so – you know, when, when you know, when he's not there, it's kind of weird, you know. Obviously, he got let go from the company and whatnot, but, you know, when he's not there, it, it, it was kind of weird for the first couple of days. It was, you know, you're, you're kind of thinking, like, this guy, really, he got charged with attempted murder? Like, he was a really good guy, you know. Like, I would never think that he would try to kill somebody, right? So, I mean, when you're coming at it from that perspective, I think that, you know, you can you can look at it from a – point of view as of, uh, you know, just as humanizing it, right? Just kind of put yourself in your layer shoes. But, I mean, this is tough for the Raiders, though. You know, it, it's kind of hard to see, you know. So, I guess we, that brings us to our, you know, next segment, which is the AFC West. That's what we were going to talk about last, um, you know. And this is this is a tough division. We got the 5-4 and four Broncos, 5-4 and four Chiefs, 5-3, five 5-3 and, three, five and three for the Raiders and Chargers. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no idea what's gonna happen in the division. You guys, this is the because, because I, said, I, I said at the beginning of the season, if you guys remember my podcast, I said this is this is the toughest division in the NFL because all teams whoop on each other and they get and they get beat by other teams, other, other divisions. So, you know, this is tough. You know, I mean, you're asking the you're asking me if you know if I know who I I pick the Chargers to win the division. Uh, that's that's my pick to win the Super Bowl. That's my pick to win the division. That's my pick to win everything. Um, and, um, that's, that's what I truly believe, right? So, I mean, I haven't picked the Chargers to win yesterday. That was my son of the week, baby. Shout out to the Chargers, baby. Let's go. But, you know, when you, when you understand from a point of view, right, that the Chargers are really good, you know, pass game, but their defense sucks. Their defense can't stop their, listen, 
the Eagles, they, I mean, granted, they, they, they ran the ball over 200 yards against the Lions, right? But that's against the Lions. They just ran all over the Eagles. And I'm watching the game yesterday because I have the money on the Chargers. I'm like, oh, my God, please, Chargers, don't give up this ball at the end. Because as soon as Jalen Hurts scored the touchdowns, about six and a half minutes left, five and a half minutes left. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is this is this money's in the bank, right? Herbert is a pro at this. Brad, uh, excuse me, Bradley, uh, Brandon Staley is a pro. All right, these guys are pros, so you already know what you're gonna get. You're gonna get some guys. They're gonna they're they're, they're gonna keep it short. They're gonna drive the ball up the field, right? They're gonna drain the clock out, and what they do? They did exactly that. They drained out the entire clock, left like two seconds on the clock left, right, for the Eagles to get a last second, you know, kind of throwaway uh, fleet, uh, you know, uh, pitchback and crap. But I mean, this was just the Chargers are good. Chiefs. I have, they haven't shown me anything. They haven't shown anybody anything this year, right? The Broncos have shown more fight than the Chiefs have this year. Like I'm watching the game yesterday, and the Chiefs it's thirteen. They won. It's thirteen nothing like for the whole game. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, the Chiefs didn't score the whole second half. I don't think they or maybe they scored a field goal or two, but yeah, they scored. No, no, they scored one field goal. That's it. It was three nothing. Yeah, or, or three to seven. Chargers won the second. I mean, uh, Packers won the second half, but. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, what the heck? Like, are the chart are, are the Chiefs really this bad of a team? Their defense looked pretty bad yesterday. If the Chiefs, I mean, if the if if the Packers can make those two those two fuggles, which Mason Crosby usually makes, the Packers are in that game, and and that's what no one's talking about. You know, I'm watching all these sport, I'm watching all these talk shows this morning. Um, you know, I got the first take, got you know, undisputed people talking about how bad Jordan Jordan Love played and whatnot. Jordan Love played the game as good as he could. On a short week, not knowing you're going to start, Aaron Rodgers is usually the starter of the games. You know, Aaron Rodgers throws you in the, you know, kind of, you know, kind of does he dirty. You know, he, he, you know, he, you know, in terms of like just the timing of it all. You got to go into Arrowhead. Do people realize how loud Arrowhead is? And I just want to uh, say this one thing about Arrowhead. Um, first off, screw you guys. But second off, um, that was pretty crazy. Um where they set Jordan Love family at. I mean, there's a piece on Twitter. Um, I, I don't really care at the end of the day. I mean, Jordan Love, dude, if you don't think your family deserves a better seat, if they don't want to sit up higher or lower or whatever the case may be, then whatever, right? I mean, honestly, the the further you are away from the game, the better it is in the NFL, especially because you get to see the whole field. But, I mean, that's kind of too far. <laughs> you know, that's kind of too far, right? But, I mean, let's just get back to the topic. But the chart, I mean, the uh, – the Packers looked good yesterday. Their defense looked good. They they kept the game close, which that was the defense's job to keep the game close. You know they made some mistake at the end of the game, but that's what the Chiefs do. They they escape games. They're they're like the best. They're like the the Chiefs remind me of Ar, uh, arson arsonist. Right? They light the whole thing on fire. Right? They're 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 running. You know they're there for the thrill. You know. Right, they don't really care about hurting anybody. They just want to, you know, they just want to watch everything burn, you know. But at the end, when the cops show up, they're running away. They're running away, and and that's what the Chiefs are, right? That's what the Chiefs are, right? They're arsonists, right? They're fakers, right? They are um, team. This there is a team. They're a team that will get beat in the first round of the playoffs. Mark my words. If they make the playoffs this year, they're going to beat first round because you're not going to win playoff games like that. What I saw yesterday was the most pathetic win I've seen in a while. That was the worst of a win than they beat the Giants yesterday. I mean, granted, a win is a win in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking that away from anybody at all. Trust me. 
Win is a win in the NFL. But at the end of the day, you're playing the Packers. Jordan Love, a weak secondary. You got to throw 300 yards at least on that secondary at home. I mean, it's just becoming easier and easier to to to, to cover Mahomes. So, I mean, when you when you got that being said, you know, maybe you do take the Raiders this week, right? You know, and, and, and that gets me into, you know, when the spreads are – oh, shoot. Sorry. Excuse me. Pinch myself. When the spreads are low, Vegas Vegas knows. That brings me to the, uh, uh, the segment. When the spreads are low, Vegas knows. Kind of too early to do this, but it's Monday, so who cares? You know, we're feeling it right now. We we may recap at the you know um, beginning of our end of the week, but you know, let's just go off of just what we got right now, right? So we got the Chiefs and the Raiders. We'll start at the top. Chiefs, actually, hold on one second, one second, people. Let's go to the and we got college basketball back this week. So shout out to college basketball. Can't wait to see um, Imani Bates um, for the uh, Memphis Tigers. They play tomorrow, um, but I'm kind of excited for that game. Really am. We're on week nine or week ten. We're on week ten, right? Yeah, we're on week ten. So um, we got the first game on the slate. Um, it's a Thursday night game. We got the um, um, who do we got? We got Baltimore and Miami. So uh, Miami just got off a win against the Texans, um, and um, this is something that you know that you know is what it is. But I don't think the Dolphins have a chance. Um, I think the Dolphins should not cover this spread. I think that should be a blowout win. Uh, I, I for sure will be putting my money on the Ravens uh, minus seven and a half. Uh, it, it, right now it's a six and a half though, I think. So you can probably get it pretty early right now. So, I mean, this is just a time of the day to, you know, kind of put your bets in if you want to do it in, in, at the beginning of the week. But yeah, right now they're seven and a half point favorites. Um, 63% of the money's on the uh, Ravens right now. Uh, shout to covers.com. Um, yeah, then we got the uh, Titans and the Saints. Uh, now this is a game where, again, Vegas knows when the spreads are low. Vegas knows, right? So, three point favorites, right? The Saints literally just got beat by the second worst team in the division, in the end of the division, right? At home. Saints show up for big games. This is. Is a big game. They're playing the best team in the AFC right now, so I'll take the Saints plus three. It could. It's. I would wait though because it's probably gonna get down. It's probably, it's probably gonna go up to all, all, all the way up to five because listen, people are gonna be like, wait, the Saints, are, the, the, the the Titans are only three point favorites, but they're not gonna look at the game. They're just gonna look at the game blindly because that's what amateur betters do. They look at the game blindly and they don't know what they're doing. They're like, oh my gosh, Saints just beat the Rams as eight point underdogs. Yeah, give me the, give me the. I mean, sorry, the Titans beat the Saints Rams as. Eight point hundred dollars. Give me the Titans minus three. Easy money. All right, that's what we're gonna do. But here's what you do: you do the opposite of what they're doing, which is plus three. I would wait though. Wait, wait, wait. Play the long game on the spread. I would definitely take the spread at at kickoff. It's gonna go up to three and a half at least. At least three and a half. Uh, most likely four. But I digress. So this is my favorite game of the week. I love the Patriots. First off, you know, just shout out to Mac Jones. Um, you know, I bet a lot of money on Mac Jones yesterday, minus two and a, or minus three and a half. Even though I said I wasn't gonna do it, I, I did it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I did it. So you know, at the end of the day, um, we took him. You know, it, it was profitable. It was a blowout win, as I said on the podcast. Shout out to my podcast. Um, I said it's gonna be a blowout. I said that Sam Donald versus any Patriot team. I don't care who is he. I thought Philip Walker was gonna start, so I was kind of skeptical. But then I saw Sam Donald. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm putting everything I have on this. I put a, a lot of money on that game. Thank you. 
Um, we got the Browns and the uh, Patriots. So we got the Browns and the Patriots. This is a game that's going to be tricky to really kind of cap just because, you know, Browns are coming off of a big win yesterday, you know, yeah, a really big win against a divisional team. But here's what the Browns have lacking, all right? And that is a quarterback that can throw the ball deep and a run. And, and so these are two identical teams. You got you got a really good run game. You got a, you know, Baker Mayfield is an average quarterback. Mac Jones, I would say right now he's an average quarterback, right? right. We can agree with that, right? Mac, right now, Mac Jones is an average quarterback, right? And you got a team who both teams run the ball really well. Damian Harris, Stevenson, Bowden, you know, they kind of have a tandem, kind of, you know, and, and, and including right now, it's, it's the Chubb show, you know. We had that uh, one one gig game by Darius Johnson, but he really hasn't done anything since. He had a touchdown, I think, two weeks ago, but that's about it. Um, garbage time touchdown, too, um, at that. But, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I would definitely take the Patriots here. They've been the more profitable team, um, you know, against the spread and one that. So, um, the Browns, I, I don't know. I would, I would, I would take the um, the uh, uh, the Patriots here. Then we got the uh, Steelers and the uh, uh, Lions. Now, I really want to see how the Steelers perform tonight against the um, um, the uh, Bears. Mike Tomlin usually does well on Monday night. Steelers overall usually do well on Monday night, but you know, it's a, it's 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 the it's the end of a crazy week, so you don't know what to expect, right? A lot of underdogs won yesterday, so, you know, maybe the Bears win today. Maybe you just take the Bears just out of trend, right? Yeah, so, but, you know, you do uh, the Bears. I'm sorry, the um, the uh, Steelers and the Lions. Lions come off of a bye week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for the Steelers. So, I mean, does that really matter, though, you know, the Lions? Jared Goff is just a horrible quarterback. I, I, I think Jared Goff's going to throw multiple, multiple um, interceptions. I think he might throw three picks, four picks, and I think he might get benched this game. All right, the game's in Heinz Field. Tough environment to play for quarterback. And guess what? We're in November. And what happens in November? It gets cold. Jerichoff does not like the cold. All right? <laughs> he doesn't. So you're going to get a, a tough game from Jerichoff. Take the minus nine. It's going to go up to 11 and a half at least before the, kick, before the end of the week. Mark my words, it will get to at least 10. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be at 11 and a half before kickoff. So Take the nine. Why you got it? Um, and then we get ten and a half. Um, Jaguars and the Colts. So the Jaguars are by far the toughest team to read. They really are. And um, it's tough. I think the Jaguars win this game. <laughs> and crazy as it seems, I think they they can pull it out. I really do. The, the the Colts are rolling right now. Their offense is rolling right now. They're playing some weak teams right now, including the Jaguars coming up. But here's the thing with the with the Jaguars. They, they've been in a lot of their games. I know they have not been covering the spread, but they've been in a lot of their games. And that team fights. And, and, and that's my one knock on just people criticizing Urban Meyer. He gets the best out of his team. He, week in, week out, if you're watching that team, they perform – Really hard. Now they may not win. They may not, you know, they may get blown up by thirty points, but they're playing hard every play. You know, you got nobody giving up touchdowns. You know, just stopping running at the twenty yard line like you saw yesterday with the Niner game. You don't have that, right? People hands on their hips, uh, hands on their knees. You don't have that. You got players fighting hard every single every single day. And again, these picks may change before the end of the week, so you know I, I'll keep you guys updated. You know, on another podcast I'll release well probably Thursday Friday, but at the right now, right now. Right now, we're taking the uh, Jaguars. <laughs> and then here's another game, Niners. Now, this is a part of overreaction Monday. 
again. Niners, I'm sorry, the Cowboys and the Falcons. Cowboys are nine-point favorites against the Falcons. And guess what? The team that's been the most profitable against the spread team all season is now the victim. Is now the team that everybody's betting against. We got 70% of the money on the Falcons plus nine against the Cowboys. 70. You guys ought to be ashamed of yourself, Vegas. Public. You guys are putting, you guys are, you guys are, are leaving your, 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 your team. This is America's team. Right? <laughs> Cowboys have one bad week as a 10-point favorite, 10.5-point favorites, close that 10.5-point favorites. You know, they have one bad week where they, you know, get blown out at home. And you guys all of a sudden just give up on them. Do we not remember the game? Uh, was it last last year? Uh, the Cowboys and Falcons? When the Cowboys came back? I don't know. Give me the Cowboys minus nine. Lock it up. Right now. You know, hey, hey, producer, lock it up. Right now. Minus nine Cowboys. That'd be a shame to yourself, people. Come on. Next game on the slate is the Buffalo Bills and the Jets. Bills blowout win. They're gonna win by forty points. This is a team that is embarrassed. This spread should be sixteen. I don't know how it's only thirteen points. This spread should be a lot higher, especially after what happened to the Jets on Thursday night. This there's gonna be a lot of blowouts this week. I think uh, just because of an overreaction uh, yesterday, you know. But the Bills are thirteen point under favorites against the Jets. The Bills are for sure gonna win that game, and they're gonna cover the spread. I think they're gonna win. I think I don't think the I don't think the Jets I don't see the Jets crossing the fifty yard line. And I know their offense has been really moving over the past couple of weeks, but I don't see their offense crossing the fifty yard line. I think the defense shows up hard because the Jaguars barely crossed the fifty yard line yesterday. I don't think they, I don't think they can, I I think it's gonna be a blowout. I think I think Bills win by f- at least thirty points. At least thirty. Um. Okay. At least twenty. I'm sorry. At least twenty. Correct me. We got the uh, Redskins against the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm with the public on this. Seventy-three percent of the public is on the um, Buccaneers right now at nine and a half. That spread's probably going to go up to at least eleven um, in the next couple of days. So you know, kind of get on it if you can't get single digits, get single digits. But um, yeah, Brady off of a buy, it's kind of it's kind of easy, right? To choose that one. Um, then we got the Cardinals against the Panthers. Hey. I said I said it in the beginning of the year. I said it right now. The fraud team of the year are the Panthers. Hopefully, Kyler Murray's back. Even if Kyler Murray's not back and Colt McCoy's playing, which will take about six points away, I still believe the Cardinals are going to win this game with Colt McCoy. So, I would wait. I'm not going to take the spread right now just because you don't know what's going to happen with that with that team. But for sure, for sure, Cardinals are, Cardinals are winning this game by double digits. Whoever is that quarterback. But I'll wait, though. I'll wait. Um, then we got the uh, Chiefs. I mean, the Chargers and the uh, uh, Vikings. Now, this is a game where everybody was on the Eagles. I'm sorry. Everybody was on the Chargers last week. I mean, last week against the Eagles. They won the money. So, people are like, all right, we're going to put it back on the Chargers again. This is one of those letdown games for the Chargers again. I mean, I'm a big Chargers fan, but this is a letdown game. From they, they lose these type of games. They've been losing type of games every single year. You look at you, you look at you look at the Chargers losses this year, and look what type of losses they've had. Look it. All right, I'll go over it right now with you guys. Give me a couple seconds. But Chargers lose these type of games, and this is the game. This type of games that that, that I kind of talked about 
you know, off off the record on, you know, with people, you know, about the Chargers, you know. They lose these type of games, right? Week three, I mean week two, right? They're three-point favorites at home, right? They come off a big win week one against the Redskins, right, on the road. And what they do? They lose to the Cowboys, 17-20, right? And, you know, there was some questionable get calls that game, you know, in terms of just, um, you know, penalties and whatnot. Two touchdowns taken away off the board for them. But at the end of the day, they, they, they didn't win the game. And then you got the Ravens, right? I think they're like six-and-a-half-point underdogs. Or, no, three-point underdogs, right? And they got blown out by three points, right? And then their most recent loss um, was against the um, – um, let me find it real quick. Sorry, one second. The most recent loss was against um, the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, they're two and a half point favorites. Because the Patriots, right? Or four point favorites. I'm sorry. Four point favorites. And lose that game. So, Chargers, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Charger fan. All right. But at the end of the day, we're here to make money, right? We're here to have fun as well, but we're here to make money at the end of the day. Give me the Vikings plus three. And I'm going to dibble money line in. I think the spread goes down to two points, one and a half. I think it even might break the even barrier, but I might be, it's not going to become a pick em. It's not going to get that low, but I think it can get to one and a half, two points. So if you want the Viking, I'll take them right now, plus three. Um, um, yes. Wow. Sorry, I'm kind of just looking at this game because I'm not sure what's going to happen, but we got the um, Seahawks and the Packers. Um, I really don't know how this game is going to affect the Aaron Rodgers treatment um i don't know if russell wilson's playing i don't know i don't know what's going on with that game so we're just gonna stay away from it and we're not gonna talk about it but i will say this i think it's gonna be a good game high scoring game so we'll look out for it uh broncos and the eagles this is another letdown game by the broncos eagles win straight up money line um then we got a sunday night game um the uh the raiders right now against the chiefs 56 People are on the Chiefs against the spread, two and a half. Um, the spread's probably going to go up to, like, probably four, I would just assume, just because of just the money that's going to be on the Chiefs with Mahomes. But I think the Raiders are going to cover the spread at least. Listen, the, the Chiefs are two and seven against the spread this year. Why would you bet on a team that is two and seven against the spread? Trust me. All right? Trust me. Raiders. Um, and then you got the Rams and the Niners. Rams and the Niners. So this is a game where the Niners will, you know, I don't really know. The Niners lost me a lot of money yesterday. Um, I don't want to say the amount of money I put on them because I put a lot on them. All right. Shout out to the Patriots, though, for winning me that money back. But I'm still crying about that. But, yeah, so this is a game where I don't think that the Niners show up to win. Rams coming off of a loss as eight-point favorites. Rams minus four is the easy play. I think it's going to hit easily. It's probably going to go up to five and a half, five points before kickoff because it's a Monday night game. But usually Monday night games, they kind of stay the line. You know, kind of stay the course. Like like the game tonight, it's been at seven points, I think, for the past couple of days now. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe no reaction there. But... That's pretty much the end of the NFL slate. You know, we got some basketball news. The Warriors, I mean, they were just playing incredible. And the thing about, I like about the Warriors is they've kind of changed their – and here are my two favorite teams to watch right now in the NBA. And it's going to kind of 
Laker Nation, you know, you, you may want to hold your ears, um, but my, my my I'll give you guys my three. Oh, actually, yeah, three. My favorite team to watch this year are the Bulls, the Warriors, and then surprisingly the Wizards. And the Wizards, if you remember last year, our last couple years, they they have not played defense. That's been their crutch. They don't play defense. They just score, 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 score. We're gonna outscore you. But this year with West uh, Unsell Jr., I don't know what it is, but they're playing defense now. You got Bradley Bill playing defense, getting the, getting defensive stuff against the Bucks. I mean, I watched them yesterday against the Bucks. I'm like, this guy's playing defense. This we've been trying to see him play defense for the past eight eight to ten seasons, or however long he's been in the NBA. He has played defense one time. Kyle Kuzma's playing defense. Kyle Kuzma, guys. Sorry for yelling, but Kyle Kuzma's playing defense. Just had a, that's breaking news. Montreal Harrell's always going to play defense. Kyle Pope, I think he's the best permanent defender. Well, after Caruso, I think he's the best permanent defender in the league. I, I really do. I think Carl Pope is a really good defender. He has long arms. He knows he knows how to get low. He knows how to go for the ball. He knows how to go for deflections and whatnot. He's one of the best permanent friends on the court at, at, at all times when he's on the court. So, I mean, I my, my first team is about right now. And then the Warriors. Uh, I mean, where, where do I start? Gary Payton, Damian Lee. Um, Moody's actually, you know, been showing up, been showing some plays the last couple of days. Um, Iguodala, um, Andre, um, Draymond Green's been showing up this year. Steph Curry really hasn't, he's been a second thought. I mean, obviously he's leading the team in scoring and whatnot, but he, he's kind of a second thought when you, when you think about the team and you think about how good they're playing, he's kind of like, mm, okay, yeah, yeah, then we got Steph Curry. Then we got Steph Curry. Yeah, we got Steph Curry as well, guys. We got Gary Payton balling out. We got David Lee averaging 14 points off the bench. We got Otto Porter averaging eight points off the bench. We got Draymond Gray doing his thing, you know, averaging almost a triple double, eight, eight, eight and eight, right? We got, uh, you know, we got uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Kevon Looney doing his thing, averaging you know six and eight, what he does, right? Um, then we got um, 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 being being Lisa, right, doing his thing, hitting threes. Oh yeah, and then we got also the best point guard in the league. We got that guy right there, uh, number thirty. Have you have you heard of him, <laughs> Stephen Curry? Yeah, don't leave him open. <laughs> All right, so the team is just so good, and it's just so fun to watch because this is the this is the Warriors team that we're used to watching as fans of the game. And you know, I I hate Warrior fans because they they don't really know the game of basketball like you know like like me. You know, they don't. But you know, you got to give it to them. You know, this is something that that's been in the in, in the bill. You know, we kind of and 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 I just imagine them with Lamella Ball them being twenty times better than what they are right now, and twenty times more fun to watch. All right, so. I mean, this is just, this is just, I mean, they haven't, I don't think they've gotten to where they, I don't think they've gotten to where they're the best at, and they're already like the first in defensive rating on every single stat line. So right now, if you, if you told me, put a gun to my head, um, that, you know, who's the, who's the team that's going to be in the final at the end of the day, I'm choosing the Nets and I'm choosing the Warriors. I'm thinking to the Nets, Warriors finals right now. Lakers, I'm sorry, but you guys are ass right now. Um, I don't think you guys are going to make the playoffs this year. And, you know, that's not saying much because you guys, May, may not even win 40 games, weak asses. But, you know, with that being said, um, that's the end of the podcast. Um, shout out to everybody who's listening. Please subscribe, leave a comment, uh, leave a review. Um, and then um, if you agree or disagree with me, if you have some questions as well, drop them down in the reviews, Pete. So we're out of here. <laughs>